January 1st, 2023, this morning's class is dedicated in loving memory of Eliot R. Shalmei Eliyahum ben Miriam. We're continuing in Mesilat Yesharim, we're up to Perik Yod. Perik Yod says at the heading, Bibeur HaNikiyut. We're going to talk about this attribute known as Nikiyut. Nikiyut, probably best translated as cleanliness. What sort of cleanliness? Obviously, Mesilat Yesharim Ramchal is not looking uh, to teach us uh, laws and, uh, and perspectives on personal hygiene. He's going to be talking on the spiritual realm. We've talked about already Zihirut, we've addressed Zirizut, we've talked about each of them, maybe I went in the opposite order there, uh, one with regards to Mitzvot Aseh and the other one with regards to Mitzvot Lota Aseh. And beyond that, in this Perik, he's going to talk about Nikiyut, which is only to be achieved at the conclusion of working arduously and uh, along the journey of Zehirut and Zerizut. So he writes, Midat ha-nikiyut hi heyot ha-adam naki legamre mikol midara'a mikol het, a person who's achieved, who's come to uh, the accomplishment of nikiyut, it's a person who's cleansed themselves of all midot ra'ot and kol het, the difference between a midah and a het almost basically uh, probably means something along the line of het being the manifestation, the physical activity, and the midah being the internal, the roots. Uh, so a person who's come to nikiyut is not only uh, at a point where they're not acting on impulses, but it's to a certain extent they've overcome the impulse, they've overcome the drives, the uh, temptations. Lo dai we're not only referring to sins and urges to sins and to wrongdoings which are well known and exposed. He says we're furthermore and even primarily focused in the Midah of Nikiyut on matters which our hearts, our minds are tempted to, uh, to the extent that we could and sometimes do, maybe oftentimes do, determine for ourselves that this is mutar. We've decided that this is an appropriate uh, reaction to this circumstance. It's the right uh, response, it's the right action, and we've, we've become so wholehearted in that, in our attempt to uh, cover things up for ourselves. Nikiyut is what wards us away from that. I mean, how many, how many circumstances on a daily uh, basis do we have where we have to make that decision? And the decision is one, should I act in one fashion or another? The decision is determined, generally speaking, if not always, by internal drives. What's your innate reaction to the circumstance? How are you headed? Now, you might overcome your innate reaction, but what is that initial uh, response? As if you look into the matter and you realize where you came to and then you try to trace it backward, it generally speaking, you'll find that the reason you were sent by yourself in that direction into the world of wrongdoing and sin is because initially your own heart, your own impulse, your own mind was still, his words are, Now the word nagua we know from the Torah, nega is a plague of sorts. A nega generally will refer to something along the lines of sarat. Now think about the instructions with regards to sarat. Even when a person has physically removed the sarat 
from their midst, from their body, the walls of their home or their clothing, they're still not done. It's only after then having a waiting period. It's only after then cleansing, immersing, which means to say the description is one in which there's still, so to speak, some sort of viral remnants. There's still something that's a part of you, even when you've overcome, even when you've cleansed yourself. I've kind of come along this passageway. I've kind of led myself down a path, but I'm still not fully overcome it. So I'm not doing it any longer. I realize uh, the bad that has uh, fallen befallen me because of my involvement in that. I realize the fights that I've gotten into with other people because of my attribute of anger. I understand the problems I've had in my home because I've been so lustful and I've been uh, engaged in wrongful activity. But ultimately speaking, it's still simmering. It's still there unless you've achieved Nikiyut. So you may have gone down the path of Zerizut. You might even have performed and lived a life of zehirut, which means to say I'm not falling prey to the sin. I am moving myself in the positive direction. But who are you at your core? Do you still have that nega kesat minata'ava? Do you still have the remnants, the uh, the lingering uh, effect and appeal that's that's internal? Kilotahar mimenna mikol vachol alken timshechehu lehakelo. Right, because if you haven't fully overcome it, if it's still a part of your personality, well, then that's what's going to be driving you. And ultimately speaking, that will be the challenge consistently until you've come to that point. Uh, as you can very clearly in these brief words and in in initial words of this pedic, understand that this is a lifelong challenge. Uh, of course, Zihirut and Zirizut are as well. But what he's defining, what he's describing, Ramchal is over here, is a, is a character which describes who you are at your core. To change your core, to, to shift a direction, a perspective on life from one in which, yes, I've fallen prey or I've been driven to that, but no longer is that at all my perspective. Now, that's no simple feat. He'll conclude this pedic by reminding us very clearly, this is no simple feat. A person who has truly cleansed themselves, they've overcome any of the uh, lasting or, um, or um, uh, in, in involved mindset and, and drives and, and impulses. The person's sight and vision will become clear to a full extent. And their ability to discern, to be mavhin, to distinguish between what's right and wrong, what's appropriate and not, will be clear as well, will be zakah, will be pristine. Again, that, that's a point at which uh, we're able to trust our initial instinct. And uh, your, your, your uh, desires, your hemda. Won't, uh, won't skew you in any direction. And as a result, anything that's wrong, anything that's sinful, even if it's light with regards to our general perspective, it'll immediately light up for you some sort of warning and you'll be distanced from it. 
continues Ramchal significantly in my mind. V'kelashon hazeh amru hachamim, and he cites from the Gemara and Masechet Sanhedrin and Dafkaf Gimel, ala shelemim hametaharim asehem, the people who are complete, who have brought purity to their lives, who have cleansed themselves. Tahara raba shelo yebahem. It's the people who have come to the point where they're not even wavering with regards to doing wrong. How are they referred to? What's their description? What's their description by the Hachamim? They're the people who have been minakeh, they've cleansed, that's what we're talking about in this Perek, their Da'at, those who reside in Yerushalayim. Uh, so we'll talk about Da'at in, in a moment. Who are we referring to? Ironically, the Gemara tells, if I remember correctly, about three things that Nikiyeh Da'at would be uh, defined by. Uh, they wouldn't sign on a shtar, they wouldn't sign on a document unless they knew the other person who's signing. That's a fine action. That just means you're mindful and understanding what you're doing before you're doing. They wouldn't sit on a betin or, or commit to being a dayan, a, a, a judge, until they knew the others who were involved. And they wouldn't sit to eat unless they knew the other people who were sitting to eat together with them. These were people who were mindful about activity. Again, the description, and, and Ramchal brings this forth, is that they are known as nikiyeh hadat. And that word dat already, in my mind, already leads us back to an earlier word he had over here. He was talking about havhana. There's a well-known Gemara in Talmud Yerushalmi, which mentions that the reason that we are Mosei Shabbat, say, atahonantanu, when we talk about havdalab in Kodesh Lechol, specifically in atahonin adam dat, in the, in the fourth beracha of the Amida, why there, why not anywhere else? So the Talmud Yerushalmi, the famous expression is, in dat. If you don't have proper da'at, so then how could you possibly distinguish? Some sort of description of the only way you could appreciate the difference between Kodesh and Hol is if you've already achieved da'at. Well, what is da'at? Harambam has in his Mishneh Torah and Sefer Hamada, he has a full section known as Hilchot De'ot. Now you'd imagine it has something to do with the mind. That's generally, we say, that's all matters that have to do with the mind. Interestingly, the whole, the whole, all the passages over there describe character traits. It describes a proper activity. That's dat for some reason. What does the word dat mean? Where do you find that word dat in the Torah? Many of the Ba'alei Mahshava point to the first appearance with regards to our activity, Adam yada et hava ishto. In Bereshit Perek Dalit, at the very onset, yada, which means relations, which means a connection of some sort. That's what that is in the eyes of many. In fact, Rashi in his commentary to the Torah, in Bereshit Perek Yod Chet, where the Pasuk describes, God says, am I really going um, to conceal, not reveal to Abraham that which I'm about to do to Sedom? Uh, you should know who he is. Ki da'ativ. I know about him. Leman banavet beto and so forth. Ki da'ativ is the word. What's yedativ? Rashi writes it's lashon hiba. Da'at is love, is passion, it's hibuv of some sort. It's a connectedness that is, after all, what ahava, how ahava is manifested. So piecing this all together, somehow what we're suggesting is that da'at at its core is something about connecting. Somehow what fits into that are character traits, which is certainly going to fit into our pedic. And beyond that, a separation. Separation seems to be the opposite. 
I would suggest that it goes like this to just clarify all these matters. You see, when it comes to the way we think and the way we act, oftentimes we distinguish between those two. I can be a person who thinks high thoughts, but my life is a life which is led through lust and desire and whatever I want to do. I know I shouldn't be doing it. I could give discourses, I could give lectures, I could write books on proper morals and ethics and thoughts and constructs, but when it comes down to action, it's altogether different. Uh, so that's the difference between having, having a pristine chokhmah. Even bina, chokhmah is the initial spark of inspiration and thought. Bina is the details that are considered in it as well. And I heard more than once from many Holocaust survivors how German society at large was one who were the highest in terms of intellect, in terms of explaining the laws of morals and ethics and the way a person should think. Action may have even been a speech side of matters, but it was never obviously performed in the real sense, in the real world. So to distinguish between thought and action uh, can and very often is a way of life for many people. To bridge that gap, to take my thoughts, to take my mind, to make my understanding, and to effectuate it in the real world, that's that. That then is the hibur, is the connectedness between who I am in mind and who I actually am in terms of how I perform it. That's the ability to bridge that. That's what he's describing here as Nikiyeh Hadat Birushalaim, the Gemaran Masechet Sanhedrin, because to be a Naki Badat means. I'm not just a person who understands, but I'm a person who performs, whose essence has become those thoughts. Chokhmata Torah, Binata Torah, is who I am in the real world. That by extension then? Oh, so now you turn to a person and I say to you, you want to know the difference between me and you? You want to know why I'm different than you? So if I'm shallow, if I'm very practical, if I'm just in the chokhmah and bina world, if I'm not in the dot and actually understanding myself and really in tune with who I am in the real world. So I say to you, listen, I have a different last name than you. I say, I have uh, maybe a different background than you, different, I eat different foods, I live in a different block in a different neighborhood than you. That's cheap, that's not real havdalah. To truly be able to be mavdil, to be mavhin in the lashon of misilat yesharim, it means I'm attached to my essence. It means I know who I am. It means I'm not just a thought and then a different action, a disconnected. If I'm truly intrinsically a single essence in terms of who I am, where I'm headed and how I'm acting, so now I can tell you the difference between myself and you. In turn, that's the statement. In enda, if there's no dot. How could you distinguish? You can't appreciate the difference between Shabbat and Hol unless you really lived Shabbat. I mean, it reminds me, for example, of a, a professor I once had. I've mentioned this more than once, a religious Jew. He, he would, it was a Jewish philosophy class, and he was dealing with an attack on religious Judaism of some philosopher. And so he said that uh, this philosopher leveled an attack against uh, religious Judaism, what, they, what that philosopher called rabbinic Judaism, is that you took away the heart of Torah, you took away the connectedness to God, you no longer have an appreciation of Borei Olam, it's all just mechanical, it's just actions, it's disassociated from truth. And so this professor said to us, how do you, make a, how do you respond to that? How do you respond to a spouse who says, I just feel like you're doing things, but you don't actually mean them? How do you, how do you, how do you distinguish? Uh, we know such a reality. How do you say that Shemirat Shabbat is true in essence with regards to connectedness? And so his response to us, as I recall, he said, you have to say to that professor and any other professor, a very philosophical argument. I was a very philosophical person. He said, experience Shabbat. 
truly delve into it, live Shabbat, but passionately live it, be able to, in our words, have a Da'at experience of Shabbat, where it's not just intellectually I know about this, and it's a performance which is disassociated, and as a result I've determined that the performance is different than my understanding. No, they're one and the same. If it's a Da'at experience, if it's truly uh, living that Shabbat, experiencing it in real time, uh, the way it attaches my thoughts to my actions, my emotions to my approach, uh, well, then I can very clearly turn to them and say, the difference between Shabbat and Thursday morning is altogether one world and another world. The difference between myself and you, if I have true dot, I can describe at our core. And we sometimes turn to people for guidance. We're looking to people who are nikieha dot in the fullest sense. It means they understand themselves. That means in turn they understand you. They're able to distinguish. They're able to draw those associations. It's in turn Haram Bam's words again when he describes Hilchot De'ot. Hilchot De'ot is not going to be just mindsets. That's a chokhmah and binah. That might be in the realm of Talmud Torah, that is going to be how do you manifest it in the real world? How are your actions attributed to who you are in mind, to who you are in approach? That's De'ah. So in turn... That's what I mean. Yeah, you walked in a few minutes ah. late. No, but yeah, good man. Uh, nonetheless, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was doing. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's in turn, Mitzilat Yishanin needs to, in my mind, mention these words at the end of this paragraph because that's the only way you'll get to Nikiyut. Nikiyut is going to be describing it's this intangible thing. It's, it's almost you can't put words to it. You look at two people. One person has the knowledge and look, they act appropriately as well. And you speak to them and you realize there's some disassociation. They'll tell you what to do. They understand it properly. But at their core, you're looking for advice. You're looking for... It's not only that they can't speak properly in terms of describing it. It's that something's missing with regards to essence. And I'm not criticizing that person. That's the majority of people that live. It's very difficult to achieve that. But to get to Nikiyut, then, he's telling us, to get to the point where... That approach is just foreign to me. It needs to start with that. It's only achieved with that. It's achieved with understanding of how my mind associates with my essence, how my actions are bridged by, uh, by my mind and perception. I, I've more than once, I, I like very much the approach that the Mikubalim have whether I like it or not is not significant. I'm explaining to you why. I've said it so many times. Is uh, You have ruach, you have neshama, and you have nefesh with regards to describing who a person is. Neshama is generally associated with our mind, with our, uh, with our ability to understand. Very out there, very not discernible. Uh, nefesh is generally associated with actions. That's in, very much in the real world. Again, the neshama and the nefesh, uh, without that da'at, without that bridge, are separate domains. One's the coarse level, and one's the elevated, spiritual, out-of-this-world, supernal, uh, to, so to speak, uh, realm. And then there's the middle, there's that ruach. The ruach is what bridges them. How do you manifest ruach? We said action and mind. What's the middle? That's dibur. Generally, the mukubalim associate ruach, which of course comes from our mouth. We're able to breathe out air through our mouth. We generally imagine, even though God has no mouth, his mouth going to our nose, much as a person would resuscitate another through their mouth or something from one mouth to the other. Right? That's uh, it's the mouth which is injected, injecting some sort of spirit into the other. Uh, but that means, and we'll come back to this point later on, that speech in some way is the association 
between the ma'aseh and, and the mahshaba. That da'at then might need to be closely associated and affiliated with speech. Uh, speech is that conduit. It's the most delicate part of essence. It's again, it's what distinguishes in the real sense human beings from animals because animals could have thoughts and they do have emotions, but then they have disassociated actions. Actions will be driven by impulses which will not be effectuated and, and, and determined by mind. The only way that you bridge the two is through that. That is effectuated as human beings have it. We can articulate it in words. It's that, it's that conduit. It's the somehow connecting between the two, which in turn describes who I am as a person. Okay, so says Mesilad Yesharim, again, that's the beginning to it, and that really is going to be the crux of this whole chapter of, of what it means to be a naki, what it means to become uh, a person who's on that midat nikiyut. It means my impulse is determined by my essence. It's not a mind which every time needs to overcome. It's not an action which in each circumstance needs to push in the other direction. It's who I am. That's when I associated my mind with my, with my actions directly. I can't be led differently. That's the havdalah, which comes as a result of, ironically, a hibur. I know who I am. I know who you are. I'm connected to you. Now I'll explain to you how we're different. He says, now you'll understand the difference between a person who has zahirut, a person who has alternatively nikiyut. This is the somewhat similar one to the other. Uh, when you look at a person who's uh, manifesting zehirut and a person who's affecting, uh, who, who's manifesting nikiyut, uh, they look the same. Both are doing the right thing. But they're qualitatively different. Again, I said to you, very difficult. That's what he calls us. He spoke to that person, spoke to the other person. But they seem the same. They have similar positions. They have similar uh, teachings. And somehow I discerned in one of them, this is who he is. That's, that defines her or him. They, they, they're able to speak not only intellectually, not even just practically. It just it is. They have all the life experience and the, and, and, and the examples that they can give because it became a part of them. person who has zehirut is a person who knows how to follow the directions. He now knows this is a sin. He's learned, he's been taught, he's discovered, he's studied, he lived in the real world. He knows that attribute, he knows that action, explicit in the Torah, determined by our society in a real way. It's just, it's wrong to do that. And he acts based on that. He's not a master over himself. You can't and shouldn't imagine that that person can and will get it right every time. In the tricky situations, in the gray zones, when it's not black and white, the Zahir isn't always going to know what to do. He's learned from experience. He studied it in books. He lived in the real world. I get it all. But since his instinct is still a natural human instinct, he won't always know. He won't always be able to appreciate and realize that's Ra. He doesn't have the dot in turn. He's not able to be Mavdil. That's what he's uh, speaking. I've heard this more than once from people in business. You speak with a person and on paper and in an interview, they seem like the perfect fit for the job. They step into the position and they're just missing it. What is it? What is it? 
some instinct, some intuition. I say here we're talking about much greater than that. We're talking about in the real world with regards to uh, with regards to a relationship with God, with regards to who you are as a person. You're just missing. But on paper you can describe it in in writing, in in mind, even in action. But something's not. And as a result, in the critical moment, who do you want to, to selling your goods? Who do you want closing the deal? The person who on paper has it, or the person who has that instinct? And, and that instinct is difficult to achieve. You generally say, oh, so he has it or he does. How's he going to get it? Okay, so that's that's why it's so difficult. Nikiyut, that in turn, is so difficult, so hard to achieve. It's through conditioning. It's through mindfulness. Okay, he's going to help us with it. Person who's Zahir is trying to stifle, trying to put away and, and, and stymie any of his instincts and drives and, 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 and uh, directions away from a true and, and actual reality. That didn't in turn change his nature. And he is at his core, as we all are, in animal instincts. We have animal drives and as a result, that's still there. And that's what we talked about earlier. The nega still remains even after you underwent the cleanliness until you actually remove it. He has, he has put it down. And he's gone after an intellect and knowledge, not after his drives. However, the dark, blackening side of our animal instincts, our pleasures, our hedonistic drives, it's still there. However, the way it goes is when you condition yourself along the roads of Zehirut, consistent and constant overcoming. I have this challenge, I determined in this moment how to act. I had this situation where I was almost struck by my pleasure, my desire, and I knew this was wrong. I almost got angered unnecessarily in this circumstance, and I overcame it and so forth. And furthermore, I'm striving to the miswat aseh, the zirizut we've discussed in several perakim. And as a result, through zihirut, through zirizut, you've had this feeling, this inspiration, this mindful connectedness called ahava. Ahava then is the prerequisite, as he'll describe it, or the very manifestation of Nikiyut. And it's reminiscent in my mind of the distinction in Afresh Lakish in Masechet's Yoma between Teshubah Me'ahava and Teshubah Mi'ira. There's plenty to be said about this, plenty to be developed. But at its core, at its most simple and foundational level, it's a distinction between a person who has realized the wrong and looked to overcome it, and a person, that's Teshubah Mi'ira, who alternatively has located the source of what led him in the direction of wrong and transformed it. It's not stifling. It's not putting down. It's that it's an altogether different perspective now. I'm driven by the same drives, but instead of it driving me in the wrong direction, I'm driven to do good with it. I have this impulse, this desire to know, and it brought me to knowledge of all things I shouldn't know. It's all fulfilled through that. And as a result, I take that... And I transformed it. Can you reach it. it without the first state, state of 
Zehirut? Of Zehirut, it, it would be very, very difficult. It's doable, but it's very difficult because to truly change yourself, to become a different person means there's conditioning. Although, so you're saying inherently we're, 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 we're evil. Very clearly. God says it. Okay. Right. It's very clear. That's it's the conditioning. The more you condition yourself, the more it's become more of that in you. The more you're driven to Ahava. Imagine the words of Harambam in this context of Ahava at the very end of Hilchot Teshubah. It means your mind becomes one infatuated, obsessed with Yedi'at Hashem, with fulfilling your mandate and your mission as an Eved Hashem and Avraham Avinu experience. It doesn't mean per se you always have a book in front of you or you're always uh, praying. It alternatively means I'm driven by an inspiration to live out this mission. Oh, well, how does that fulfill itself? You'll know in every circumstance how to do it because that's what you're driven by. I mean, we know this. A person who's good at their craft knows how to manipulate every circumstance in their favor. You're manipulating every circumstance, taking every drive, every desire, every opportunity and, and directing it in the appropriate. So this line also for me is very, very instructive. He says it's the extinguishing of the ish, the fire of ta'ava, of gufanit, of gufit, of, of, of physical, of, of um, uh, hedonistic, of pleasures in this world, which is overcome and overtaken by hemda elokit. It's not for naught in my mind that the Torah consistently in Parashat Mishpatim, in Parashat Vayet Hanan, likens Ma'amad Har Sinai to an experience of uh, ish, of fire. The experience of Borei Olam as Esh Ochela, as seeing the top of the mountain and being consumed by fire. The words of the Navi, fire has this way of, of, of consuming. Fire has this way of, of burning, of taking over. So there's a passionate fire. It's a passionate fire. Which way will that fire be used? It's not that the fire will be extinguished entirely. There's still a fire. You're still a human being involved, engaged in this world, maybe involved in the same activities as you were yesterday. But your dot now is altogether different. You're now associating who you want to be uh, with who you are. Uh, in the past, it was who I want to be, and I'm acting like who I want to be. Now I am who I want to be. Now I am who I know I need to be. And then as a result, the vision, the perspective, as you described earlier, you turn to the person for advice, you turn to yourself for instinct, for vision about this circumstance. It's clear now. It's not an overcoming. It's not I have to look into it. I have to think it through. It's there. It's an intuition. You know, there's... People experience this in life as well. Sometimes it's rare. You have the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Oftentimes we stop, we think it over, we mull over it, we turn to others. Sometimes, once in a while in our lifetimes, there's an instinctive decision and we know it's right. And we can't explain it fully and completely, but we run with it. How'd you get to that? That In that moment, you were experiencing that. In that situation, you were so certain about it that it didn't take a clarification in words. It didn't take an explanation, uh, breaking it down with, well, I just know this is right. 
that's that that's that that's the description of a life uh, when you've got to Nikiyut. Nikiyut now the decisions are made almost flawlessly, uh, almost uh, effortlessly. It's it's I know this is right because this is who I am. Can you explain it to you? I'll explain it to you afterwards. Uh, but in this way, I, I once read about Hatam Sofer Ben Moshe Sofer of Pressburg. He he described it as a Siata Dishmaya. I always described it as a mind which was driven by Torah, driven by Ahavat Hashem. He said that um, his students described him as telling them he would be asked dozens of questions every day. He'd answer the questions one after the other after the other. I said to Siata Dishmaya, I said, in the moment, if you asked me to clarify and explain most of them, I wouldn't be able to source it. After the fact, I look it up and it says, and it turns out I was, I, was pulling, I was pulling the right strings every time. How is that happening? So again, a divine inspiration is there. What does that mean, a divine inspiration? It means that was part and parcel of who he was. It determined his, that's in the strict halacha realm, but he knew immediately. Didn't take so much thought. But it's, it's by extension in anything and everything we do in life. How do you react to a situation? How do you respond to a circumstance? Do you know because you've become that person? Or do you need to check yourself? Checking yourself is zihirut, is zirizut, and it's important. But going beyond that is nikiyut. When a person has gotten to nikiyut, they're not misled. They're not led astray through the darkness of that homriyut, of the physical, um, this world attraction and connectedness. And in turn, their actions are entirely and completely cleansed with this midah of nikiyut. Baruch Adonai le'olam, amen, amen.